The pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, me, oh my. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss Fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. I hope you enjoyed that extended intro with the Boomfa remix. Boomfa. We, we thought we'd just chuck it in there as, uh, as well. I our, like that. Our shorter pods. Yes, boy. Nice, guys. You, you could put the whole <laughs> sentence together. That's very good. Um, yeah, no, we just thought it was a shorter pod. We thought we'd chuck it in there. We're a big fan of that, but, uh, you know, got to keep the, the normal episode intro nice and short and sweet. Yeah. Um, Alright, so yeah, you can find the website at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials at draftrugby and support us on Patreon. Um, please. Be our us. first. Yeah, get in there. Um, Alright, well, you've heard their voices tonight. I'm joined by Harry. How you doing, Chan? Yeah, very good. Very good. Excellent. And also a slightly breezier Nelson today. How are we, Nels? I'm uh, feeling easy, breezy cover girl, man. Eh? Feeling very good. Excellent. Would you like to elaborate on uh, no. what exactly we mean by that? Nope. Harry, would you care to elaborate on what exactly we mean by that? I've shaved my head. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah that's, that's <laughs> big, big elaboration. <clears throat> and I look great. Yeah, I mean... You for look, you. you. Great yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look different, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm going for. Excellent. Different. All right, well, before we get into the menu, a, uh, a much sought-after <clears throat> update on the draftrugby.com platform. So we've got an absolute weapon of a programmer attacking that last 10% of bringing it all together, which has uh, flummoxed Kagi or flummoxed me for, um, for you, some your time. Your Kagi, man. Your I did. Kagi. I know. That's not really cool speaking about yourself in the third person. But, um, Especially in your Kagi. That's what happens when you just read the notes. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, we're on track for it to be delivered in the coming weeks. So before Super Rugby 2020 kicks off... Um, don't worry, you'll, uh, you'll know when it's, when it's launched. Uh, we'll get in everyone's face for that. Um, and in the meantime, you should see some updates on the current website. Uh, there'll be some articles coming out. And uh, you can check out the 2019 Super Rugby player stats at draftrugby.com forward slash player stats. So get, it, get ahead, get some research done. <clears throat> All right. Well, in this afternoon's pod, for Entree, we're going to make our predictions on who will be the top fantasy players from the Argentinian conference. Yes. Oh, wait, sorry, no, the Pumas? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, sorry. You the Haguaris. So yeah. you butched it. It's called it's called dramatic pauses, Nelson. I know you've never paused in your life. Once you start talking, it's like a... Mate, people listen to us pause and you talk forever every start of every pot. I know, but that's the bit they enjoy the most. <laughs> it's my, my soothing tones, you know, my baritone. Um, but no, yeah, look, we were going to try to cover the entire South African conference in one podcast, but uh, rather decided we'd tackle just the Haguaris <clears> in their own episode and that we'd preview... So we're going to go ahead and preview the South African conference, the South African team's tomorrow night with uh, Brendan Nell joining us. So, you get two pods this week. Spoiled. Do you know I'm actually his son? You're not. Brendan um, Nelson. Is it because he's... Nelson. I was going to say because he's bald as well. I don't know if he's bald, but I think he's bald. I think he is. <laughs> well, moving on. Um, for main course, we'll be joined by special guest Paul Tate for his second pod cap. He is returning to join us once again um, and preview the Haguarits. Uh, and for dessert, we'll leave the South African Conference rankings until tomorrow night's preview. Uh, and instead, we're going to take a look at the Haguare's home and away performance <coughs> success since joining the competition in 2016. So something different. Well, without further ado, let's um, get straight into it. So I, I can confirm Brendan Nell has hair. Yeah, okay. Fair. 
All right, well, <laughs> whatever makes you feel better. But um, let's get stuck into the on-track. Let's. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, in... What are we doing? So in the 2020 um, Super Rugby season, we're going to pick um, who we think will be... Because we're only doing the Haguares, we're going to pick... Two each. Who we, yeah, two each. Who will be the top <clears throat> two... Well, top six, I guess, fantasy players in from the Haguaras in 2020. Yep. Um, and I can't remember how we chose the order on this one. Uh, I can specifically. Let, let rock, rock, paper, scissors. You aren't paying attention. Rock, paper, so, 2019, we did it, and it was only you and I here, Kagi. Nelson wasn't attending, you know. That's that why like he has... A, sounds like a great episode. Far fewer podcasts than the others. really and, boring and podcast. And, uh, and basically, we did rock, paper, scissors, not scissors, paper, rock. Save time. And, Let uh, us know what Kagi, you think. It's scissors, uh, paper, rock. Right? Kagi got very can upset. You, can you please write in to us, listeners? Come on, Kagi. <clears throat> right. Shut up. <laughs> You're time to pause, mate. You're time to pause. Then, uh, then I won. I went first. You went second. So we'll let Nelson go first this time around, then yourself, then me. So like normal, I'll, I went so well last year in everything I touched that I'll go last. And uh, look, on the, 2019, we, uh, on the 2019 predictions, we did look at the whole South African conference yep. so the only Haguarez name that came up was your first pick I got I chose none you chose mm-hmm. Emiliano Bofelli to uh to top at the South African conference and I can tell you he came at 65th all up you can tell me gleefully tell me I can and, see a massive uh, smile on your face <laughs> just for me yeah, okay. and fourth overall for the Haguarez so, so not pretty, bad pretty close not for bad. the Haguarez but so, uh um, nowhere near for the no, top but part. you're doing it for the whole South African conference was mate. I though are we sure like, <laughs> yes uh, it's pretty terrible. sorry 65th over the whole competition <clears throat> I should okay, say okay just to be yeah. clear yeah. alright well without further ado let's get into it Nelson who are your top two fantasy players from the Haguarez and Super Rugby 2020 don't let the pressure get to you mate it's, uh, I, the sweat yeah, beads are forming there it has. I've, I've made a last minute change alright um so, number one for me is Bautista Delgui. I thought you said he wasn't very good. Yeah. I no, I said he did worse last year. Oh, so what's the turnaround? <laughs> the fact that he's not injured this year. Oh, I'm glad I could help you out with that one. You did help nothing, mate. You <laughs> such, so much arrogance. What else you got? Great stuff. Um, so much arrogance. <laughs> yeah. And then Montoya is my number two. Julian Montoya. Julian Montoya. Oh, well right. pronounced as well. And why is he number two? Um... Look, he's going to get more game time, I think, this year. Um, he's been building every year, and it's the time he takes the, the mantle. So, I mean, he, he started all of the games last year. Do you think yeah. that Kirby's going to get less than 30 minutes? I, I do think so. We, yeah, I think he, he will. Through, through a lot of the, the year, I, I'm guessing we're going to start to see him getting less and less minutes. Okay. So, well, I'm well, stoked that you took him. I think that's something we'll talk about with Paul Tate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, excellent. That leaves me. So unique players again. I can't pick either of them. So yeah. I've got uh, two players that I'm going to pick. And um, I'm going to go ahead and pick a uh, fan favourite, Guido Petty. Yeah, he was my third. Uh, Guido he Petty. Was my he was, second. I, think, I wasn't sure which one. I very much think Guido could be the top lock in Super Rugby, Fantasy Super Rugby 2020. But look, I, I think he could be. The thing is that Charlie locks don't score there. that well. Simple as that. It's true, but there's... We, there's no there's no locks in the top 10 or 20, mate. There's no Rugby World Cup for them to rest him. The man's going to be playing every game, every minute. <clears throat> he had the highest average for the uh, Haguardes players last year, didn't he? That would be something good to check. No, he didn't. Pablo Matera did. Matera, oh, he had third. third. Right. And uh, I think he was similar. He was, third, he was fifth the year before. All right, so he's, he's right yeah, up there, well, man. That's a fair. He, he, he is. Well, he's just got better and better. Last year, he had an amazing season, just, amazing rugby world cup. He's just just, um, just so you know, you guys know Montoya had the most points per minute, other than some random guy. That's good, excellent. All right, and for my second pick, but he doesn't play that many minutes, mate. That was the, the whole argument. 
But he also had the second highest points in the whole game, in the whole comp. All right, sounds so, like a pointless so, argument. So for the my second pick, I'm going to pick one of the two or three, one of the remaining outside backs. Who am I going to pick? I'm just checking who's Harry's pick is. Just, uh, <clears> just <throat> I'm not, well. not <laughs> All right, I'm going to pick. My man, Emiliano Buffezzi, again. Damn it! <laughs> so you took my top two, you jerk. <laughs> yep. um, no, look, I was thinking of uh, Carreras, um, but... Uh, That's a bit of a risky one. We don't know if he's definitely getting that game time. It was magic he when he could. was playing. Yeah, he could, but we don't know. Yeah, so those are my two choices. Harry, uh, back to the drawing board for you, mate. So, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've got one good one and one very average choice. Yeah. So, my top is Thomas Lozana. Mm. I see him playing bulk minutes with Pablo Matera not there anymore, so he should be playing game in, game out, and he's a very good scorer himself. Not a bad shout, yeah. Uh, yeah cool. And then I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing that you guys are. There's one other winger, and I think that that's where their points are going to come, and is that it's got to be between Santiago Carreras and Sebastian Canciliere. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know. Canciliere performed last year. I think I'm going to back... Him again. I'm, not a huge I'm gonna fan. say you're back in the cancer. I'm gonna go cancer, Sebastian Canciliere, because he was just he was such a good hot stepper. I really enjoyed him. He so was. A, he was. I a hope hot he goes again. What happens if they throw Matthias Moroni on the wing there, and neither of them will play? Uh, they just didn't do it consistently enough for me last year. Okay. All right. Well, no, that's. Well, the thing is, he. I mean, it only has to happen a couple of times, and he's out. Mm. You know, like he basically he misses a few games or doesn't start a few games and stuff, and chances are. He's not going to be in that top yeah, echelon. So well, let's, let's be honest. There's probably five options. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. So all right. Well, look. With that, we've given you who we think were the top five, top six fantasy players. And uh, I mean, as we said in the the pod about the grand final last year, um, in terms of the fantasy, in terms of fantasy rugby, the Haguaros won that game. Uh, they scored more fantasy points than the Crusaders. They, they were the fantasy champs. That's it. They may not have come away with the Super Rugby <clears throat> uh, trophy, but um, look, they can certainly score some fantasy points. And um, I think. I think most people will reel back them to get back in the finals again this year. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, those five players are going to go very high in the draft, I think, this year. Yeah, I think they're going to be, compared to previous years, I think we're going to see more of them up the top. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, after that great entree, let's uh, get on to tonight's main course and uh, let's see if we can get uh, our special guest, Paul Tate, on the line. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you. Excellent. Um, thank you very much for joining us. We we appreciate it. It's late at night over there. And are you currently in Buenos Aires? No, I'm in uh, Brazil. I'm in uh, the same time zone. But right. yeah, 16 hours, uh, 18 hours behind behind you guys, I think. 16. Yeah, th- thank you very oh, much. <laughs> pretty, pretty late at night for you. We're, we're cruising here at... One o'clock in the afternoon. It's very comfortable for us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, well, look, uh, thanks for joining us once again. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back on to talk all things um, Haguares 2020. Um, I guess by way of just a quick introduction, um, Paul is the man on the ground for not only all things Argentina rugby, um, but all things South and Central American rugby. Um Paul, you know, is a journalist, writes for um, Rugby American... Was it Rugby American News? Central America Rugby News? I've forgotten now. Um, well, uh, it's Rugby News. Yeah. 
There we go. Perfect. Um, and you can find Paul uh, on Twitter at Argentina underscore 2027. Um, we're, we're guessing we know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I think we discussed that last yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anywhere else we can we can give a, a plug for, Paul, for you? People well, that, that, there, are, there are the main ones. Basically, Twitter's the, the everyday go-to yeah. device. Um, yeah, for us too. So, yeah, I, I think it's the easiest. Excellent. Well, look, um, I guess you got to start. We've got to start here. How did you enjoy the Rugby World Cup? Did you, um, first of all, did you manage to get over there for it? But um, otherwise, how did you enjoy it? I I, I enjoyed it, uh, but not obviously in terms of the results I would have hoped for. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I was I, I had planned on going in in January. I was online looking at the tickets because I was wanting to go partly as a fan, partly as a a journalist uh, to do a bit of everything, and I just couldn't get any game tickets for anything remotely wow. good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we're talking about Uruguay versus Australia is one match, and Italy yeah. versus Canada is another. Other than that, it was basically uh, everything gone from the Americas anyway. And so I just figured, ah, oh, you know, I, I don't think it's it's going to happen. And so I, I just it was TV for me that all all the way through. It was pretty hard because we were uh, on 2 a.m. kickoffs until yeah. 7 a.m. Yeah, so that was hard. But I mean, I watched every match and really enjoyed uh, uh, certain uh, teams' performances, like Uruguay, of course, against Fiji yeah. was a high. Wow. Yeah, really, really good. Um, Australia, Wales, great match. Yeah, I no, I mean, yeah, I Uruguay, tremendous. Hmm. They just won over a lot of people, didn't they? Uh, a lot of people will be happy to know that Arata, the, the scrum half, is signed now for Castro, which are one of the top French teams. Yeah. It's just wow. playing in the elite, so that's fantastic. I was going to say, everyone, I think everyone's second team became Japan throughout the World Cup, but certainly everyone's third team was Uruguay. You know, they, you couldn't help but get behind that story. Yeah, oh no, Japan were fantastic. Uh, uh, Uruguay was just the case, though. Of these guys were entirely home-grown players. You know, you weren't talking about anyone. Coming on, coming on from grandparent or anything like that. So yeah. that that thing just added to it, you know. Yeah, look, it was awesome to see them get that that success and that win, and it's hopefully it it's helps them build for the future as well to start something special for them. That's right. Yeah, well, they got they got a pro team. It's going to start now. It's called Peñarol, which is the rugby version of a soccer club. Yep. And it's going to be the new South American league. So we're pretty excited over here about about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, excellent. As you should be. I mean, we're we're all pumped about it growing everywhere. And I mean, look, we every World Cup we talk about how much closer everything's getting. But um, yeah, this one was just you know it was unreal, wasn't it? You just really never knew who was going to win. So and I mean, Fiji weren't far off Australia. They weren't far <laughs> off like pushing other teams. To, so that's that's not a team to to scoff at at winning against as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean Argentina played uh, Randwick instead of Fiji as a warm up match for yeah. that reason. They were scared of losing that match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's right. true. That's true. That's what happened. It's, it's just phenomenal to think <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. No, I was out of the city. I really wanted to go to that game, but um, we had quite a few of our friends. Uh, I don't think Nelson or no, Harry managed too. to get there, but we had a lot of friends go down, and oh, they had an absolute you know whale of a time, particularly like. The Argentina players, obviously, all super friendly, and, and they were happy to stay around afterwards and, and chat to everyone. So that was brilliant. That game, that was a really good spectacle. So, great. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Um, 
the Rugby World Cup was fantastic, but I, I guess we're all shooting up into gear for Super Rugby 2020. This is the the earliest I believe it's ever started, yep. 31st of January. So um, can't can't come fast enough. Summer rugby. Mm. Um, uh, I guess what excites you most for Super Rugby 2020? I know it's a broad question, but uh, <laughs> we'll start with that. Oh, just getting the cycle restarted. Um, you know, hitting the reset button. Uh, I mean, from Argentina's perspective, obviously they got things horribly wrong in terms of how they were playing and which names that they took to the tournament itself. So just yeah. Super Rugby now, let's start again. Let's, you know, let's no longer do this case of if you're a Jaguar, you get preference for, for test yeah. duty. So yeah. let's, let's not move a guy out of position. If there are three guys for the one, one spot, uh, it's just going to have to be that way. Don't find room for them, you know, elsewhere, because that, that does not bring ideal results. It, it definitely doesn't. I mean, that's something that's hurt a lot of teams in the past. I think moving players around to try and get certain names on the paddock rather than having people fighting and competing for those positions and, and having your best in each position. Mm. And I'm hoping this year, even though we have certainly a whole bunch of new players, so we've had a lot of players uh, throughout all the Super Rugby clubs move on um, to greener pastures, I suppose. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, w- last year we had we saw a lot of uh, resting and rotation of players for trying to manage their workloads. Uh, and I guess really just Super Rugby clubs being scared of, uh, or sorry, the, the national teams being scared of getting these players injured before the World Cup. So I'm hoping that with what players are left at least, um, apart from being excited about all the new players, we see the best men on the park every week, you know. Um, I feel like the last two years there's been lots more resting and it's been very frustrating. Um, I think the Haguaros particularly have been... Um, They've been very good at managing managing workload, but but you don't feel like they're putting ever putting out like a second string team. Like even no. if they do rest someone, I guess maybe because so many of those players are so <clears throat> high class, um, and you know a lot of them are the test players. Um, that's been good, but um, yeah, I think I think probably coming into Super Rugby 2020, I'd almost say even though the Haguaris have a lot of players moving on, it's almost as if they're the the squad that has retained the most amount of talent, I'd almost yeah. say, out of all the Super Rugby teams. Is that, I mean, I guess you, you probably notice more of the players moving out than we are, but is that how you feel about it as well, Paul? Yeah, I'm pretty confident that the guys that have gone have gone more based on uh, their time is, is up than anything else. I mean, there are obviously some exceptions to that. <laughs> For example, Matera and Lavanini, I mean, yeah, they are yeah. start, starting names, but other ones that have gone were not starting names. So props, Garcia Bota and Pierreto, they're in England now, doing yeah. okay for themselves, but they, they, they were not anything more than replacements. The same with Landajo. I mean, he was the, the starter until last year, and last year he just, uh, uh, as soon as he signed that deal for Harlequins, that was it. They didn't even pick him anymore. That's and his death so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, the other Guys who have gone effectively, they're, they're comparative to Landajo rather, rather than to uh, Lavanini. The one exception, I guess, is uh, Ramiro Moshano, the winger. Yeah. But I mean, he, he even saying that he's old now and uh, 29, I believe. And in the World Cup, he was dropped after the first match, played yeah. against France, missed, missed a tackle or two, and, and, and that was it. They went for Amazing. other players. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. And, and so, based on that, we're looking at two guys who have gone only from Jaguaris. Yeah. Um, there are more, but, but I yeah. mean, realistically, 
2020. This is a new cycle. World Cup is yeah. it starts right away. They Argentina cannot be losing these games anymore because that's going to get them in a crappy uh, draw for the World Cup again. <laughs> you yeah. know they've got to win, win these games in in, in in this year and next year, or they're going to suffer the consequences. So based on that, uh, Haguad is going to are actually looking pretty good because they're going to have realistically two per position and some three names uh, to call upon. And in addition to that, they're, they will relax the international selection from players in France, England and elsewhere. So that's yeah. going to help them. Yeah. That's right. We want to see Facundo Issa back in that team. <laughs> yes, I want to see more, of, even if it's not in Super Rugby, I want to see that guy play some international footy. Um, Oh my God, that was that was a major major uh, frustration point for all of us. Yeah, uh, just I mean he was the best flanker they had in the rugby championship. Got a great try in Brisbane yeah. against Wallabies, and, and that was it. They dropped him. They said no, we don't want him because they ultimately went for a, a, a line out jumper in that position. You know, yeah. it, it's it's unfortunate. <laughs> what can you say? Absolutely. Well, look, you perfectly, you segued us in and perfectly, we've just gone through uh, yeah, the, the notable losses. So yeah, really, as you're right, it's just the two, two possibly three big names. Um, so yeah, it's been a pretty untouched squad. But I guess before, before we get into the new names, um, in, in just a real quick review of the 2019 season, um, yep. I guess, look, you know, we, we all know how well they played, but in terms of some, just some real simple stats, I mean, the, the Huggy Warriors, they conceded the second least amount of tries in Super Rugby 2020, behind the Crusaders, of course. Um, and they were they scored the fourth highest amount of points per game, um, including a lot of tries. Yeah, it was, I think one thing that seemed to be a bit of a negative for them is they, they had 73% um, goal-kicking success. Mm. Um, so hopefully it's, a, it's something we see Benicia, if he's taken that role um, to, to sort of I, know, I suppose step up and, and take those reins because that's that's something that they left a few points definitely out on the paddock. Absolutely, um, and sorry, and just in finishing off, they also they also conceded the second most amount of penalties. So I think um, they well and truly have their their game plan and their style of play down pat. Um, and for me, I think look, I think the only difference that that came down in that <clears> grand <throat> final, I think a lot of people would say if that grand final last year was in. Mm was at home in Buenos Aires, that the Haguaris win that game. Um, and so I think, you know, uh, they, I think they led all pretty much all the stats in that Super Rugby final. It's just they weren't able to um, capitalise when they were down in that, down at the line, Crusaders line. So I guess this year we'll be building on much the same, but just trying to, I guess, take the most of their opportunities, really. Um, is there, is like, is that, is that kind of, I guess, in line with what you think? I don't really see any drastic changes to the way they play or, um, any new game plans being implemented, anything like that? No, I agree. I, I think if possible, they'll, they'll find a way of, of having a second playmaker. Um, okay. But based on the roster and, and, and how they've, they've made it up, I'm not really identifying how they're going to do that, at least for the early rounds, unless they do uh, draft in different names yeah. or, or, play, or play someone out of position. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, but I mean, I expect them to be playing more of the same. Kisada was was basically having them playing like Stadler and say because he he you know of course coached them in the past. Yeah. But it was highly effective. Uh, it worked. Uh, I don't see why they really need to change that. The spirits are so low, of course, after the World Cup uh, meltdown. So mm. uh, he knows how to turn things around. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 
Um, so I suppose I think one of the things where we're interested on, like from from afar, we've we've heard a lot of uh, talk about Mateo Carreras. Um, yes. Do you, do you want to give us a bit of information about him? Do you think we'll get to see him have a bit of a chance this year? Oh yes, absolutely. Look, he's a under twenties player, 20s. being a star. Yeah, a star in the last last. Uh, I'm not sure if it's two or three under twenties uh, world championships. He's twenty now. So he won't be playing uh, again mm. this year, uh, but very good. He's kind of like uh, uh, it reminds me if you remember Dominici, the French winger. Yep. Um, so that's that's basically the the the, the prototype. Um, very different to the traditional Argentine wing, and that's a good thing because Argentina had hopeless wingers for a long, long time. That that has changed now in the last uh, two World Cups. That's yeah. changed. So, uh, Matteo Carrera is very exciting, uh, and same same applies to Delgui, uh, you know, uh, and also the other Carreras. So, uh, Santiago Carrera is very good too. Yeah, I mean they're not related; they're actually from very different uh, parts of the country. But we were looking uh, that up trying to see if we could find a, <laughs> find a relation, and we couldn't find anything. So, yeah. Yeah, one of them is from Cordoba, the other is from Tucumán. So, it's, okay. you know, we're, talk, we're talking about one from Melbourne, one from Sydney, something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Okay, great. Um, yeah, no, look, I mean, Santiago certainly, uh, he blew onto the scene towards the end of the season, didn't he? He just really <clears> stepped up and took that opportunity with a few injuries. And, um, yeah, I think he's he's someone who didn't get a very long stint. He kind of only got those few games at the end of that season. But um, So a lot of people might kind of have forgotten about him. But, uh, yeah, I've... I think whilst he probably won't have a starting starting berth in the if you if you're looking at the the top team the top starting team I think he's someone um, definitely could find himself on that in that bench 23 jersey though because I think he can play both yeah. centre and, yeah. and, and and wing as well. Oh, he's more fullback and uh, okay. pr- primarily fullback in fact, but because of our Argentina and Jaguares' roster, yeah, it, the likelihood of him playing fullback are very, is very low in fact. But um, my question is, are they going to use Moroni as a winger? They should not. He's, that's not his position. If they conclude, look, the experiment, we've been there, we've done that. You know, we've got these other guys for wing who are more effective finishers. Let's use them instead. If that, they go down that route, then Carreras, Santiago Carreras should be very regular. In fact, probably right. the starter, I would suggest him and Delegui. The, the two stars, if that's what they do. But right. if if, yeah. if they don't, uh, uh, you know, Moroni's going to gonna, uh, be used on the right wing again, then, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you're correct. Probably be a replacement role for him instead. Yeah, well, I think that's what we that's what we had down. I mean, obviously, yeah. So we, we think Moroni, similar to you, we think he's a 13. You know, he's that's where he plays his best rugby. Obviously, he's played a lot of sevens. Um, uh, so he's, you know... Familiar, like he's he's good all around the park, but um, yeah, it's interesting how, kind of how they've used him. Uh, I mean, personally, I think he's a better player than Matthias Orlando. Um, oh yeah, I agree. But um, I don't know. I guess if from our perspective, if we were picking the best starting fifteen, you'd probably be looking at um, uh, Geronimo de la Fuente and uh, Orlando in the centres. So um, yeah, you're, you're bang on. I guess we hadn't really considered. I mean, I, I had just we'd put. Uh, or Moroni, sorry, starting on the right wing. But uh, I suppose, yeah, if he's not starting there, then next cab off the rank would probably be Santiago Carreras, right? That's uh, that's good to know. Yeah, well, I mean, regarding the midfield too, I mean, the combination that 
they're apparently going with is De La Fuente and Orlando. Mm. Now, we, we saw in the World Cup that just doesn't work um, because they're the same player, effectively. Yeah. I mean, mm. De La Fuente is a bit of a step, but Orlando's more physical, crash bang. But the, that, yeah. that environment of, of two guys, who, they're not playmakers. It, it's just not good enough at this level. Yeah. So, so they need to figure a way of changing that. And uh, ho- hopefully we can see opportunity in that regard for Juan Cruz Mashia, who against the United States, which is incredible. And so uh, he has actually been training in 12, at 12 and 13 so far. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm personally, personally hope, hoping that he'll get game time. And, and if he does, I think he will make the 13 shirt his own this year. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. Yeah, he's certainly much more of that second playmaker. He just possesses that different skill set. You're right. Then um, that's interesting. I've never. I don't know why. I, if when now when you say it, when you say De La Fuente and Orlando are the same player, <laughs> yeah, it's really pretty are. bang on, aren't they? They're just um, they're dead, pretty much dead replicas. Except, yeah, I guess uh, De La Fuente does have a bit more of that inside step on him, but. Um, no, that's well, that's really valuable insight, I think. Into and hopefully, hopefully they align with your thinking, Paul, so we can see you know, <laughs> just a, bit, a bit more expansive. That, that that might be the key to unlocking that backline. You know, we know what they're capable of if they can get it out wide. But I think that's probably been their biggest obstacle to scoring more tries has just been um, the opportunities have been far and few between because it gets caught up in that midfield. So um, that could be really exciting to see if they if they're able to make some changes there. Um, yeah. Well, moving, moving in a step, I suppose um, we've got down Benicia as the the starting ten. Do you think we're going to see them persist with him um, over Miotti, or, or how do you think that's going to work, sharing some time? I think they'll start with him, but yep. Miotti is going to be the ten. It's a question yep. of sooner rather than later. Um, they've got the Lions first up, so I imagine Benicia will be the player for that match based on yep. the, the physicality. But um, Miotti will 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 be the ten before too long. There's also a rookie, uh, Tomas Arbonos. He'll probably get some game time in, on the Australian tour, I would suspect. Yeah. I'm not sure about the South African tours, just because of that that physical game. You don't really want a, a rookie unless uh, you know you, your your other players are, are not available. But um, yeah, Miotti for me, he'll be the the, the majority player for the season as the fly half. Yeah, we, we quite like him. He, he had, I think, seven or so games last year, and he, he definitely he showed some talent there, and I think it, it'll be good to see him getting more game time. Um, yeah. Yeah, he certainly didn't look out of place, did he? He, 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 he as a young and he stepped right into Super Rugby and he looked right at home. He was not phased at all um, and, and willing to try things, I think, um, which is really yeah. exciting. But Benicia doesn't really excite me. Um, yeah. <laughs> to me, he's kind of like a... A more boring Sanchez, basically. <laughs> um, I think actually, I don't think it's fair to even compare him to Sanchez. Sanchez is brilliant, but yeah. um, uh, he doesn't really attack the line. He doesn't ask questions in the same way that yeah. that Sanchez did, and and that Miotti looks like he will do. So, um, oh, yeah. absolutely. Bonish is a ten-man rugby player. That's that's you know drop kicks, drop goals, can kick off both feet for touch. Mm. Good goal kicker, not not the best, but you know uh, probably better than Miotti, you would suspect. Yeah. But no, Miyagi's got got dimension to his game, uh, absolutely, and and also the age factor. Uh, Miyagi's twenty three. Bonisha's in his thirties now. I think he just turned. I think he's going to be thirty one uh, during the season. So right. he won't be around for the World Cup. You're not going to take a guy who's thirty four to play no. the fly half. <laughs> so yeah. 
I, th yeah. I think I think we're talking about realistically, mm -hmm. uh, this will be the end of Bunish just based on that because they they've got these two younger players. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and Argentina's fly halves were were pretty poor, weren't they, at the World Cup? So uh, yeah, and Bunish was considered below both of them. So mm. yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right. M moving into um, the forwards, I suppose someone we've we've loved for a long time, but he, he's been slowly losing time. Uh, is is Creevy? I mean, he's what thirty four or so now. So he's uh, he, he's well and truly sort of handed the baton over. Um, do you do you think we're going to see him getting much game time behind Montoya, uh, Montoya, or do you think he's just going to be there in, in case they need him? Like, is this the year now that Montoya starts more than Creevy? It, it should. It's, it's got to be, right? Yeah. It, it has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, I agree with you both. Look, Creevy's, it's Santa Manfla at this stage. He's 34. He, he's captain Argentina more than anybody, you know. Did all he could, turn down big contracts from France and England to, to first, firstly, come home and, and, and secondly, stay home <clears throat> at Jaguares. So... Uh, Montoya is 26. Uh, yeah, you know he's prime, and he's, and, and he's very good too. And they've also bought home a third player who only got one game last season. Uh, that's because he only just came home in May. So that's uh, Sokino. So I mean, uh, you got three hookers with with uh, the quality required. One of them's 34. Uh, he's on 89 caps. That's the sentimental factor. Argentina will play. I think it's 12 cap, 12 uh, tests in the year. So they'll find a way of trying to give him 11 of those yeah. for yeah. sure. And if they're going to actually go through with doing that, then you would not expect to see much of, of Krevi in um, June. Yeah. And probably talking about Mar uh, February, March is, it will be when he's starting. Yep. Um, but that sort of he's, it leads us into a question, I suppose. Who will the captain be? Because um, it seems to be something that changes a fair bit um, for for the Haguares. So and, well, it was Matera, it was Geronimo del Fuente. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it changes every yes. year. Yeah. yeah. Well, they haven't made, they haven't made it official yet, but it okay. looks like it's de la Fuente. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I say that not only because nothing's been announced, but also because Lucas Mensa uh, was left out of the roster, which was just like, yeah. you know, very surprising because. Anyone who watched Argentina last year saw that the, the players at 12 were were not really threatening. And then Mensa played against South Africa and was threatening. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, didn't get any World Cup starts. Just was a bench man against England, and that was it. But, I mean, uh, he's not there. So, it's yep. pretty clear that they're going to go De La Fuente 12. If he can't play, they'll move Orlando there to 12 and then look at uh, someone else for 13. Mm -hmm. So Menso is he. So he didn't know the squad, and he's now going and playing. Um, what is it? I'm going to say this wrong, but the the C boss team in the Superliga Americana. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Uh, so but he's the only capped player in the in the side, if you can believe that. And the yeah. side is a, is effectively the 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 Jaguares Kinsey, which, uh, which the Jaguares 15 <clears throat> team, which played in the Curry Cup First Division and won all their matches. So they're all uncapped players aside from Manza. So, <laughs> so yeah, De La Fuente for the captaincy looks looks pretty much like it's what is going to happen. Awesome. Okay. Um, all right. So I guess 
the the other two questions in the forwards. So we talked about the only two real big losses were, and they are big losses certainly, was um, Thomas Lavanini and um, Pablo Matera. Um, I guess we already have ready-made answers for them in terms of the, yeah. st- the starting locks will obviously be Guido Petty, <clears throat> who was just fantastic last year and just gets better and better, um, and yes. Matthias Alemano. Um, do we have, apart from Kremer, who they've been using in the loose a lot more, do we have, is there like a, a definite third lock locked down or is there, um, is that a position that's kind of up for contention? It's up for contention. Um the officially Ignacio Calas and uh, Lucas Paulos are the other players. They are both uncapped. Uh, uh, Paulos played on the Australian tour last year for Jaguares. Yep. But um, other than that, uh, not really any options, uh, opportunities. Um, I, I do believe that they will rotate heavily. This time around, I think that that those players, uh, those four names, it, plus Kremas to give them five names, means that they actually generally have options. And they know that Lavanini and uh, there's one other player in, in Europe, but Lavanini effectively is, is the guy from Europe who you would bring in for international duty. However, because he got red carded, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. well, it's now a case of, look, um, we're, let's not get this guy involved and, uh, for quite a long time. So I would, I would suspect only November he'll play test rugby this year. Mm. If that is, in fact, the case, then they're going to be looking at the paper and, and saying, look, okay, we're not going to be bringing in these guys from abroad. It's only Jaguares for Pumas in the second row. So let's, let's use Kramer there and not at flanker. And let's rotate Petty a lot more. And if we do that, do have Kramer as second row option instead of a flanker option, then we can legitimately rotate him and Petty, and rotate Alemano, who is more of the work, workhorse Lavanini style player anyway. Rotate him with the other two names, Carlos and Paulos. So my thinking at this stage is that's what they'll probably do, because realistically, if they need another player for Argentina for international duty this year, it's going to be a, if it's not one of these five guys from Jaguares, it's going to be a Sabos player based on what I mentioned, because the guy was yep. red card in the world cup. Yeah. They're not going to call him up for a long time just to, just to make it known, you know, it's not necessarily about how good he was or about teaching a lesson. It's just that <clears throat> this was the world cup. This was a must win match and he was sent out. So yeah. We, we've got to be smart here. I know. So I, 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 could talk, I, could yeah. talk red, I could talk about that red card for ages. I, uh, I stopped watching the game at that point. I was so fed up with that. But, um, I, I mean, I, I personally think that Owen Farrell purposely dipped into it. He saw him coming. Okay. He knew the history. And, I mean, Lavanini is, what, two, he's two metres tall. Um, I don't know how you're supposed to, like, what more are you supposed to do? <laughs> like, if a player's dropping. You know, but yeah. like, but... I mean, look, he's certainly at fault, uh, like, Careless. a bit himself. But just, yeah. anyway... That was that drove me mad. It, that tackle. It, it is what it is. We can't change it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was a red card based on the protocols and the rules they're yeah. using. But I mean, we we saw Tonga, uh, Tonga, excuse me, uh, Samoa versus Russia, and there were two yeah. phenomenally dangerous, <laughs> reckless incidents, and neither of them were uh, were red carded. And so obviously, it's like, okay, uh, is there something here, or, or you know, uh, maybe is it just because it's Russia? 
<laughs> you know? So well, that was really disappointing for me. Just like, okay, yeah, Lavanini is definitely a red by the law, but when it was Samoa against Russia, nothing happened. And then last weekend, the same player, one of the same players from the Samoa team who was subsequently suspended and World Cup over, he was suspended again uh, playing for London Irish last weekend. So, I mean, yeah. there you go. It's, it's pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty explosive. Um, so m- moving on, we're going to move on into the, the back rowers. So we've talked about that, that second row, but Pablo Matera leaving, obviously, he's, he's quite a big name there. Um, I suppose we're going to have to see the same sort of thing with Desio at eight and, and Kremer. Um, do you think we're going to see Lozana nail down that other spot? Um, or how do you think that back row will shape up? Is there any young guys coming through? Uh, or do you think they squeeze Bruni in there somehow? Yeah, I've been disappointed by Bruni. I thought he might be another uh, Facundo Issa, but yeah. he hasn't lived up to my, my expectations yet. But, uh, well, hmm. I've got good news, and that is that there is a new Facundo Issa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. now you've got all my attention right now. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, if, if you don't know, Facundo Issa comes from Santiago del Estero, uh, from the, the same city as this new guy, who is Juan Bautista Pedemonte, played in the under-20s last few years for Argentina, okay. excellent ball carrier, genuine number eight. This, he's from the, yep. They're from the same place as Leguizamon and Lisana. They're all from the same club, in fact. They're all back row forwards from the same place, which is quite remarkable. Yeah. So right. anyhow, I suspect that because he's there and Matera is gone, that this means... Ortega Desio will revert to Flanca uh, okay. based on that. And because of the second row situation where Crema will be more required there. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're talking about uh, a jigsaw puzzle situation here. Bruni, I agree, didn't really shine. He'll, he's still there, of course. He'll get game time, but he'll be more of a rotation option. Yep. Uh, Goddison came in, in towards the end of the, the season and started... Uh, a couple of games started against Sunwolves. Um, he looked and, uh, angry. He, he, he brought some. <laughs> he brought some mongrel. Yes, and um, <laughs> very important that he is a he is a uh, line out option. Yes, because yep. um, the, this this was the whole idea of Ortega Desio at eight from the from the get go, um, mm. because they didn't want Lavanini jumping, so it was Petty and one more. So yeah. for Argentina, this was vital because. Fernandez Lobby was always that guy, and then he retired yeah. in 2015, and they didn't have that guy. Mm-hmm. And so they changed that in, in 2018 for Jaguares and for Pumas. Now I don't think that's the case. They got this young guy, Pedamonte. Just, I, I suspect he, he's basically the, the Fermelian, the South African eight. He's that, that style of, of player. So it's pretty exciting. Let's get him there in the eight shirt. Lasana yeah. will. The six and yeah, Ortega Desio seven. That's probably gonna be it. But uh, I would like to see Goddison get a lot more game time. And there's there's also a, a rookie, another rookie, Santiago Grondona. Um, pretty exciting too. He, he's 21 now. He toured Europe, uh, but never played. Just they, they took him there when he was 19. In fact, with uh, on a November trip. Uh, but he he really has the goods too. He's a, probably a better player than, than uh, Lissano, I would suggest, in fact. So he, he could break through this year, too. And there, another guy is Santiago Montaña. Um, that both he and Grondona have 
beating the Argentina 15, the A side, done pretty well for themselves. So, I mean, we're talking about not really knowing names. Uh, probably two of those uh, seven flankers, excluding Karema, are, are, are people, are, you know, names yeah. people really can identify with. But yeah. that's a good thing because Mater is still young. He's playing in France, but he'll be in the Pumas. Um, Isa, same thing, bring him back. So you're going to have those two for, for Pumas. You need four more guys. Mm. Uh, it's great that we've got these rookie options. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is fantastic information. This is why we come to you, Paul. This is, <laughs> you've got all the names down, Pat, and uh, we'll certainly be Googling uh, Peter Monte after. <laughs> yeah, you got us a little bit excited. That's it. Um, <laughs> all right, look, in terms of just rounding out the team, I think we pretty much covered who we think will be likely starting in uh, most positions. But um, the last real question, I, I guess, is just um, for halfback. Could, now, I, I always get this wrong. Kubeshi. It's either Kubeli or Kubeshi. You, you've, to, I'm, you've told us this Kubeshi. many times before, but um, is it Kubeli or Kubeshi? Well, it depends on who's pronouncing. <laughs> Kubeli is fine. Yeah. Uh, Kubeli. All right. Kubeli, no problem. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, it's, mm. it's a Sorry. <laughs> and now to be no. Kubeli's ex injured. Um, he was injured in the World Cup yeah. uh, against uh, England. Yep. So uh, he'll be back probably uh, March. So Bertano will be the guy because the, the other one is Felipe Scura, who is clearly the third of, uh, best yeah. of those three players. Great. Um, so I suppose that pretty much rounds out. The, the starters, is there anyone else um, that you think we should know in, in that's sort of going to be making a name for themselves this year? Yeah, yeah. is anyone else blo- going to blow up on the scene that we well, we haven't mentioned? I mean, you've, you've I mentioned think a, you've, I think yeah, you've yeah. told us about most, but um, is there any last players that could... Uh, I mean, look, I know I, I know the ship sailed, but my, one of my favourite players in world rugby, Manuel Montero, any chance of him coming back somehow? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be very surprised, but he, he is signed to play for... Olympia Lions, which is the Paraguay team for the new competition. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was Bukata through and through, wasn't he? Well, he's had both knee and uh, shoulder reconstruction surgery. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, he, he just had personal issues of drop of form and uh, yeah. things weren't going his way. And you're talking about Jaguar uh, as being, you know, a, a one country team. And, and, and so it's a case of of just getting game time is tough and, and yes. yeah. especially when they were losing, which was when he was involved. So, mm. um, he really didn't get many opportunities because of that. But I mean, there are some other guys uh, that definitely will, uh, be, uh, worth looking out for this year. We've, we've mentioned most of them. Um, yeah. Mateo Carreras is a rookie. Mm. There's another one, Santiago Chocobaris is a center. Hopefully they play him at inside center. Uh, not really thinking he's going to get many opportunities based on the captaincy being with De La Fuente and Orlando effectively <clears throat> be the cover there. Yep. Other than that, Pedamonte, the, the number eight, watch out for him, definitely. Okay. Um, there, there are Otherwise, they're effectively the, the same names from uh, 2019. Hopefully, Crema does play, uh, does lock the scrum this year. Fantastic. All right. Well, look, Paul, thank you so much for reviewing all the players. I guess we will kind of finish with one final question, um, which is, 
we think who do you think will be the most valuable fantasy player from the Haguares this year? We're, we're going to go out on a limb and probably say Watista Del, Delgi. Um, he just he is absolutely lighting it up last year, and I think he can only he can only grow from here. So if he if he can get the ball into his hands, he is electric. He was beating people at will, um, and we think we're going to see some big fantasy scores from him in in 2020. Um, who do you think is going to be the most valuable player for fantasy rugby in 2020 from the Haguares? Yeah, for for tries, definitely, definitely Dalgi, definitely yeah. him. Uh, the other guy, the other player, I would say uh, that will win points is Petty, based on his lineout work. He's who's going to be yeah. the, the the leading the stats again for yeah. lineout wins, steals, and also his breakaway abilities. He'll score some, you know, 40 meter tries again. So those two are probably the ones I would suggest. He might be the most valuable, uh, one of the most valuable locks in Super Rugby, if not the most this could, year. Yeah, so could well be. We'll see. Um, so, do you think the Haguar is going to go one better? That's that's our <laughs> final final question. I think. Do you think they, they can win it this year? Can they do it? Can they bring it home? Yes, yes, they can. Um, <laughs> because um, there's going to be massive reconstruction, so to speak, for yep. many of the other teams. Haguares, it's minimal. They definitely can. It's a question of of management more than than anything else because the talent is there definitely perfect all right well look i think uh i think we, we think a similar vein uh i mean i've still i think i'll still tip the crusaders to win again but that's because i'm taking an easy choice um but i think even if the Crus- even if the haguares get into a final with the crusaders in christchurch again i think this could be the year that they take it out so um yeah, it's an exciting season to see. And, and Paul, thank you so much for joining us once again. We appreciate um, it. You have just given us and all our fantasy managers such an insight into what they can expect and, and who to look into for the upcoming season. My pleasure. Hopefully it's something we can all enjoy watching. Absolutely. And and hopefully, look, hopefully we'll be in touch throughout the year. And, um, uh, and look, as always, Paul is the man to go to when the Haguaris are taking too long to uh, list, <laughs> list their team lineup or... Um, not giving any information on, on how a player's injury is coming out or anything. Paul Paul always finds a way to get that information and um, and puts it out on Twitter. So again, he's Argentina underscore twenty twenty seven on Twitter. If you if you don't follow him, well, you're doing yourself a disservice, really. So um, <laughs> get after that. But uh, yeah, all right. Well, thank you very much, Paul. We'll uh, we'll let you hopefully stop working as well and uh, and get off to sleep now. Yeah. Cheers, mate. You're welcome, guys. Thanks very much, Paul. We'll talk to you later. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. What you gonna what you gonna do with that dessert? Do what do I need that do that do that do what do that eat that do that do that do what do that eat that do that And dessert is brought to you by 15 Gelato, the healthy power packed gelato, 15 grams of protein. Athletes it'll make make you an athlete. Oh, it is, it is some good stuff. <laughs> if you're an athlete, it will make you an athlete. It is a fact <laughs> that every professional rugby player is only a professional because of 15 gelato. No, no. I, I agree with Kagi said. If you're an athlete and you have this, you will definitely be an athlete. That is, <laughs> that is a fact. All I know it cannot is, be disproven. It be is get, that good. You'll be getting your, your protein in, okay? Don't yes, waste um, your time with anything. Just go straight from the market because it's the best flavor. No, nah, scrap that. Peanut butter. Nah, That's peanut butter. where it's at. Mate, it's... Two, is two the best. and one. Harry, you've been outvoted. Don't sit down. The mock is good, but it's right. not... Waste your time with was, all of them. They're all delicious. I was about to say sit down Don't say you waste down, your time. But you've That's... already fell down. 15 Gelato, <laughs> get into it. Sponsor of the pod. Still waiting for our uh, main course and entree sponsors. This, get, get, get in contact with us for this space. 15 Gelato, get it in ya. 
All right, so for dessert, we're going to look at, we're doing something different. We're going to look at the Haguares home and away record Haguares. and how they have performed since joining the competition in 2016. Boys, take it away. Who wants to first up? All right, so uh, they've played easily their most games at home in Argentina. Uh, they've played Buenos Aires. In Buenos Aires, yes. Uh, they've played 33 games for 20 <clears throat> wins, which gives them a 60.6% win rate. Obviously, they're best of all the locations. Mm-hmm. So if you want to actually back them for some big scores, clearly Argentina is the place. And the other thing is it just seems to be getting better and better every single season that they've been in the competition. So yep. 2016, they had three wins and four losses. Uh, whereas 2019, they have eight wins for only two losses. I do want to point out, we were talking about how they were stitched up in 2016 because this was back when there was the South Africa 1, Africa 1 and Africa 2 conference. Mm. So in their first year of the competition in 2016, <laughs> they didn't play any Australian teams. All the Sun Rules. All the Sun Rules. Yeah. They just played the Kiwi teams in that conference. Yeah. Whereas 2017, they didn't have to play the Kiwis. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in South Africa... Um, 2016. I mean, the first three years really it was it was pretty dismal. They uh, they got one win out of the first three years, um, but in 2019 they got two wins, two losses. So overall, they've had three wins from 18 matches. That is 16.66 remainder percent. That is their huge weakness. There's yeah. only one country and, they do worse. And that yeah, and the, yeah, true. <laughs> and that is look. I mean, that's got to be part. Like, that's showing you the improvements they had this year, right? They won 50% of the games mm. in South Africa, and they, they topped the conference. And, yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. I think that record, that their performance in that country, will probably dictate where they finish each year. Yep. I think it's pretty, it's pretty hard for any team to go over and win in South Africa. Um, yep. And I'm not sure that could be the most travel that they have to do. Um, I guess it depends on... I don't know. My joke is not good enough. Yeah, yep. let's, uh, we'll move, sw- move, let's move on before someone pulls us up. Right? In Australasia, <laughs> so this is covering New Zealand, Australia and Japan, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't get any wins at all in, their, in 2016, mm-hmm. but they've done very, very well since. So from their 15 games, they have nine wins for a 60% win rate. They had two losses in 2019. That was against the... Highlanders and then the Crusaders in the grand final. Other than that, they've won every single game, 2017, 18, and 19. Wowza. That is, that's pretty impressive. Huge. If we uh, break that down further, so Australia, um, they didn't actually play them in that first year, as you said. Um, unlucky buggers. Um, <laughs> but following on from there, they've won 100% of the matches in Australia. That's six from six, uh, two wins a year. Yeah, we've got to stop giving in that charity, I think. Boys got to step up. You know? That's, That's pretty terrible. It's, we just want to keep a nice clean sheet, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Don't rock the boat. We're consistent. Got to get 100% something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so. in, in New Zealand, obviously, normally a graveyard for any team to go to. They've had eight games since 2016. They didn't play them in 2017 at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, for three wins, which is a 50, uh, 37.5% win rate. Yeah. which is, I think, a massive achievement for anyone going over there. Definitely. They had no wins in 2016, but they're three from a possible five in 2018 and 19. Yeah. So, and that, that includes the grand final against the Crusaders, which was <clears throat> always going to be I, a very, very tough challenge. I and, guess there's no harder. And as we said, they won the fantasy match in that game. So. Yeah, so it's a hollow loss. Yeah, exactly. More like a, a rich loss, sorry. It's a rich loss. And then this brings us to their worst Rich record. like... Power-packed protein 15 gelato. <laughs> yes. yes, smooth. Oh. smooth. Um, brings us to their worst record. They actually have a 0% win record in Japan. Oh, my God. Have they gone 2019? They didn't win a single one. 2018? Didn't win a single one. 2017? Didn't win 2016. A, they didn't win... 
from their one match there. All right, so how many games have they played? One match. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. In their first year. So as far as I'm concerned, Sunwolves are better. Okay. Has anyone looked? Do okay. they play them in, in Japan this year? All I know is Probably. if the Sunwolves don't have that stat up on their website, 100% victories the against only, yeah. Argentina. The Argentine national <laughs> side. Yeah. And I don't know what they're doing, really. So uh, Crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. All right, so what's the what can we take out of this? We can take so that in South Africa. Uh, that's their toughest, mm-hmm. so it's very hard to to back them in in uh, South Africa at home. They get great win uh, win percentage on the Australasian tour. They're also really really good. So if you're erring on the side, do you pick them? Do you not? If they're at home or they're in Australasia. You can be confident that they're likely to get that win. In South Africa, you're going to be a little bit more nervous. Look, I know you wanted to beat around a bit. Look, you just say, if they go to Australia, they're going to win. <laughs> if they go to New Zealand, it's 50-50. And go to they... Japan, they're going to lose. Yeah. And look, <laughs> May the 2nd this year, they go back and play the Sunwolves. So Maybe someone can, can pay confirm for our you should drop all your Haguados players for that game, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a date to put in the calendar that's right it. now. That's yeah. it. Circle that one. Bold it, everything. Yeah. Uh, very good. All right. Well, um, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. This is a shorter episode for us. Uh, I say shorter. It's probably still like an hour. It's But yeah, I think that, that will do us for this one. And uh, stay tuned for tomorrow night, the South African team conference preview with Brendan Nell. So that should be up in what, Harry? About 48 hours or so? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably by Monday night, Tuesday morning in Sydney time. Yeah. Very good. All right. Anything else? Any last remarks? Are we good? No, really, pretty good with that. No, it was great chatting to Paul Tate. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it was you really had cool. lots of input there. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit starstruck. Yeah. Fair <laughs> <call>. <laughs> All right. Stay slutty. <laughs>